The Taoism of Lao Tzu emphasizes that if we do not let individuals grow as nature intended, they will lose their naturalness and be drawn into the world of animal drives, desires, attachments, and ultimately suffering. This difference in the depth of understanding between Lao Tzu and Confucius is articulated in an imaginary dialogue created by Zhuangzi. Tell me, said Lao Tzu, in what consists charity and duty to one's neighbor? They consist, answered Confucius, in a capacity for rejoicing in all things, in universal love, without the element of self. These are the characteristics of charity and duty to one's neighbor. What stuff? cried Lao Tzu. Does not universal love contradict itself? Is not your elimination of self a positive manifestation of self? Sir, if you would cause the empire not to lose its source of nourishment, there is the universe, its regularity is unceasing, there are the sun and the moon, their brightness is unceasing, there are the stars, their groupings never change, there are the birds and beasts, they flock together without varying, there are the trees and shrubs, they grow upwards without exception, be like these, follow Tao, and you will be perfect. Why then these vain struggles after charity and duty to one's neighbor, as though beating a drum in search of a fugitive? Alas, sir, you have brought much confusion into the mind of man. In this imaginary dialogue, Lao Tzu reiterates that if we interfere in the natural process of any living organism, it will begin to isolate itself from the complementary parts of the whole. This isolation brings about a dissociation from the whole, so that a lack of trust plagues the mind. Confucius's idea of charity and duty to one's neighbor are age-old teachings, which artists, philosophers, and spiritual teachers have contemplated from the dawn of civilization to the present day. On the surface, we may feel convinced that he is correct in postulating that we have a duty to others. But the Taoist way of Lao Tzu suggests that in attempting to interfere with others' affairs, no matter how large or small, we are assuming that the natural experience of life is not happening spontaneously. Instead, we think that life is a series of controlled steps following a predictable and mechanical process. Lao Tzu is not saying that we should abolish duty or charity. He is saying that everything in the universe is integral and symbiotic in nature, and that everything functions harmoniously according to the rhythm of the universe. So he asks, why would humanity be the exception? The way of the Tao and our experience of it comes from allowing all aspects of the universe to happen as they will without conscious interference. This understanding of the Tao is a trust in and affirmation of life that cannot be broken. Humanity's superficial differences could be dissolved if each individual could live by this trust. Yet society and culture have been built on ideologies such as Confucianism, Communism and democracy, which all teach us in some way to impose our will over one another, a goal based on the erroneous idea that we are achieving freedom in this process. To trust the way of the Tao is the complete backflip to Confucianism or any present-day ideology or theology. Lao Tzu's wisdom exposes humanity's selfish tendency to impose the will of one individual, nation, religion, race, or gender over another. We are always interfering with each other's natural sovereignty. 
Many people arrogantly and ignorantly do this daily and then proclaim that they know what freedom and love are. How can we listen and help each other if it is merely from our own cultural, social or religious perspective? If we have a set of beliefs to sell another, then we are surely imposing our idea of life upon her without letting her grow as nature intended. It is this personal agenda that Lao Tzu reveals. If we interfere unnecessarily with any organism on this planet, we hinder its growth through our attempt to control it. When it is interfered with, an organism finds itself in a struggle to grow into everything it should be. As a result, the organism's natural impulse to grow is met with resistance by another organism, which assumes that it is superior to all life and needs no other organisms to survive. We could say human beings fit perfectly into this category because of the personal agendas we wish to cast upon the world. These agendas could only have developed in a world devoid of trust. Because we live in fear instead of trust, our world is designed so clinically that it resembles not a beautiful garden, but a morgue. The Confucian imperative to dictate a social way of life to the individual builds an identity conditioned by the world of concepts and objects rather than the inner world of emotions, feelings and thoughts. Yet we should not be critical of the Confucian perspective only, because any ideology or theology, no matter how well intended, is at its foundation strictly a methodology for shaping the individual according to its beliefs. Lao Tzu points to this in the Tao Te Ching. He says that humanity is in a perpetual trap in which we seek to change one another or society based on our own belief systems. Because we have not made our inner world conscious, we continue to seek change in the external world of forms, as if the inner world were a construct of the outer. Many theologies and ideologies operate from this perspective. But this is an absurd view for the simple reason that the world is devoid of meaning until the observer gives it meaning according to her beliefs. This should be fundamental to the way we think and perceive the world, but instead we are told that the world is purely material by the teachers of our cultural, social, religious and educational machine who themselves have been indoctrinated. To cultivate a sane society, we first need to understand that our perception was pure before it was coloured by external influences. And all of these external influences are interpreted differently by each individual, which adds to the confusion. Patanjali, the great sage of India and father of yoga, expresses this sentiment in the wisdom of three of his sutras regarding freedom. People perceive the same object differently as each person's perception follows a separate path from another's. But the object is not dependent on either of those perceptions. If it were, what would happen to it when nobody was looking? An object is known only by a consciousness it has colored. Otherwise, it is not known. We have built a world that operates in reverse to the natural order of growth and harmonious living. The world's general view identifies with what colors consciousness rather than with the unbound and limitless pure awareness at the core of our being. Lao Tzu's essential teaching of Wu Wei is a medicine for this illness. But you must understand that Wu Wei is not an ideology, theology, or something you need to believe in. On the contrary, Wu Wei can only be known through your own experience. Then it simply strengthens your trust in Wu Wei. The natural order of growth and harmony depends upon allowing life to take its course without conscious interference. 
This is how the Tao flows when Uwe is experienced. Many people resist the very thought of allowing things to take place in life, because from our perspective, we can't see how anything could be achieved in that way. But if we are more observant, we discover that each and every attempt to categorically control our life is invariably upended by the spontaneity of natural experience. No human being is above this universal spontaneity, and yet many people seek to control life down to the finest detail, failing to realize that the very things that shaped their identity were beyond their control. The impulse to control life is a symptom of the power that we believe we have lost. But true power resides in the mind of one who is liberated from the acquisition of wealth and the control of others. When we give up attempting to control life, we find that we are no longer clinging to or conditioned by any aspect of life. Thus we are freed from its attachments. The most liberated people on this planet have been those who were free in this way such as the 20th century Indian sage Sri Ramana Maharishi. Shiva Aruna Chal Shiva Aruna Chal Shiva